You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Well, let's start out with a question this morning. Does marriage still matter? I mean, really, or is it just an old-fashioned way of life that's rather outdated, just really confining and restrictive to our today's way of life? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee. You'll remember it's conversations of friends of faith to encourage and equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted and honored to be your host. It's truth today, and we all know it, that many are being tempted to look around at our world with its changing definitions of gender, sexuality, family, and wonder. We truly wonder if marriage is still relevant. As believers, we know it is, and we have the great opportunity to live truth before them. Today, we have incredible guests who you will discover have lived marriage at its most devastating level and will help guide us with God's perspective on what they've learned about marriage. They will remind us of the timeless principles that God has given us for growing committed, godly marriages that will positively influence our children, our communities, and yes, even our world. Today, it is with great pleasure and a little bit of giggle in my, in my, in my heart because I love them so much that I welcome to you, introduce to you, welcome to the show, James and Justina Page. Oh my gosh, I love these two so much. Welcome, friends. Welcome to Coffee. Oh, we love you, Kim. Honored to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we we are so happy to be here. And audience, if you don't know them, Justine has been on my on on here before. I've had the honor of being on her podcast. But in case you don't know them, let me just tell you a little bit about them. They are college sweethearts who have been married thirty four years. Oh my gosh, James is an associate pastor. Uh, singer, musician in Houston, Texas, where Justina is an award-winning author. She's an international speaker. She's an actor. She does it all. Justina is the founder and CEO of the uh, Amos House of Faith we'll hear about today. It is a nonprofit organization serving the Burn community, and she will give you, they will give you their heart on that. Together, they have inspired individuals from all walks of life by their commitment to marriage and their faith in Jesus Christ. And I am one of those people who have been so inspired by these two. So welcome again. Let's just start right at the beginning. 34 years, you all, what an accomplishment. Tell us, you started dating in college. Tell us about that. Give us a a background story here. Absolutely, Kim. Thank you so much. Uh, actually, we just celebrated 35 years. 
And so God is good. God is good. That's right. That's right. I remember that. I've got an old bio here. I'm going to update. 35. <laughs> so I remember. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so exciting. Yeah. So, uh, what? I was one of those college students who was raised in church, and I was so excited to get away from home and to live my own life. I was 19 years old at the time. But I I had enough from my upbringing to know that I wasn't capable of selecting a wife. So I had a prayer that God would choose my wife for me. And I didn't trust my own instincts. I was afraid I would do it based upon the wrong conditions or something of that nature. So I asked God to select uh, my wife. And unbeknownst to me, within a year of college, God brought her on the scene and she looked nothing like I thought she would look, but God had a plan. Yes, yes, yes. And I tell you what, uh, Kim, I wasn't brought up in the church. I didn't even know the name of Jesus until I got wow. to college. Yeah, literally. Wow. That's a whole testimony in and of itself. But the reality is I did come to Christ. Someone shared Christ with me. I wind up with uh, my husband in he was the Bible study teacher, and um, it's wow. just such a long story, but I'll just shorten it to this. The reality is um, this man knew God. I wanted to know him, and so I just questioned, question, question, question. and not only did I attend the Bible study, he became my personal uh, teacher as far as grace and God and love and things of that nature. So we developed wow. this uh, real powerful friendship. I mean, it wasn't tainted with anything, no flirtations, anything. We were just, we were literally best friends. And, uh, wow. and then God did the thing he did and brought us together. Wow. So what kind of time are we talking about there from the time? Let me just, let me just ask you this. How did you get into his Bible study, Justina? Well, <laughs> it was the only spiritual thing going on at campus. I had like what people would consider a Saul conversion. When I got saved, everybody on campus knew it. Everyone was talking. <laughs> it was like, what? <laughs> There's a whole side oh. of him that you don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he was a Bible study teacher on campus. And so I just landed in Bible study. I wasn't trying to get to him, per se. Um, there is a lot of backstory. I promise you we don't have time for it. It's hilarious. <laughs> but he was the, the teacher. And um, I, when I came to Christ, the reality was I had known godliness. I mean, mm. I grew up with devils on the wall, to be mm. frank, you know. Wow. Um, I mean, I, yeah, it's just so much that I could go into. So I, I, I mentioned that only because to share how excited I was to know a God and to know mm. someone that loved me. So you have this person who's hungering and thirsting, for God and for righteousness at its deepest level. Then you have this man who's been in the church, and all he wants to do is pour it in. So that wow. connection is powerful. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And I say, how did you get there? But, James, you had been praying for whoever it was to I be really there, did. right? It was really your prayers. I, I really did. I prayed that because I knew as a man that I didn't have the insight at least that's the way I felt. And uh, God, he made the selection for me. Uh, uh, I, it, it's just amazing. Every time I look back at it, it is truly amazing. 
Well, what a testimony right there. Before we even start talking about marriage, to the audience, to um, if you haven't found your your partner, to begin praying for that. And for you to be doing that at 19, you had some really strong upbringing there. I can, we can tell that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. he was. He's a very different man, Kim. That's for sure. That's Absolutely. for sure. That's for sure. And I'll just add, you know, just a, a admonition to the women. It's good to be found. The scriptures say he oh. that finds a wife, finds a yeah. thing. Just, just be found. And I asked the Lord one time, what, is, what, what does that really mean? And he's talking about being discovered. Let the yeah. man discover you. You don't have to wow. put yourself out there and do the discovery and do the searching. Just be discovered. Be the woman that God had made you to be. And then your husband, he'll discover you. God will point you out. That is such an amazing, it's good to be found. That That is the title of a book right there. It's good to be found. I love that. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. So from the time, um, Justina, you walked into Bible study to you knew a relationship was forming or until you got married. James, how long was that before you, you popped the question, so to speak? Yeah, that's a good question. I think we knew each other for two years before I finally mm-hmm. proposed. Uh-huh. So you were and making sure that it – you were making sure – Oh yes, I was very cautious about such things, and uh, and it took time for the relationship to develop to that stage, uh, and for us to get over our, um, I guess I, I was kind of shy, bashful, and I was mm-hmm. used to restraining myself from relationships. That was the way I, you know, lived and the way I was brought up. And she was coming into Christ, and so she was a little timid about. Uh, so we had feelings long before we ever voiced them. Uh-huh. Well, oh, yeah. amazing. Go ahead, Justin. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I promise you we don't have time for this conversation. But the reality was I felt like I was a heathen, and this is this godly man. And when it, I had never oh. been in love. I didn't date and have boyfriends and things like that. You know, I had crushes, but I've never been in love. So when it hit me, I thought it was sin. So I had a secret prayer request. And I prayed every day for three months with my prayer partner about a secret prayer request until I finally confessed that I liked James, in which my prayer partner fell backwards and was laughing so hard. (laughs) I I felt like he was a eunuch. We all thought James was a eunuch. We did. Oh, wow. That, that 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 I didn't I didn't know that that this is so amazing. Okay, so now thirty five years later, you look back. You all have walked through some tragedies that some of us only have read about or seen on TV. And statistically, you would not have really made it through it. But not only did y'all make it through, and I only know of you know one, the one uh, some a few things, but mainly you know the one I'm alluding to, uh, the fire. Yeah. Would you? Would you all like to, uh, an audience, I'm going to let them tell you this story. Because I will tell you, in a marriage, you're going to go through some really hard times. And you're going you're gonna to walk through fire. And you're going to want to give up. But I will tell you what, this couple literally walked through fire. And I want you to hear this story because, you know, because of their faith, incredible things happen. But would you all mind just telling our audience the story? 
Sure. In 1999, myself, my husband, six sons, experienced a very tragic house fire. We woke up to explosions, um, smoke, complete darkness, house totally engulfed in flames. And my husband was able to get uh, all of us out except one son who died on scene. So it was a very, very tragic experience. It's a, it is a dividing marker in our lives. We have life pre-fire and life post-fire. It just really drew a line in our experience. Yeah. yeah. James, do you have anything? Yes, I, I will say that uh, up until that time, uh, life was going pretty uh, well for a, a Christian couple. We were teaching Bible study in Sunday school and, and, and having Bible class, and the kids were growing up in what we thought was an ideal setting. And so it was quite a uh, impact on us when this occurred, uh, something that we did not expect and, frankly, something that many Christians uh, would have given up faith, but somehow, by the grace of God, he kept us and made us even stronger afterwards. Well, you know what, Kim? Situations like this test the vows, right? We say in whatever and in health, you know, richer or poor, we've been tested by all of that. And what I'm so grateful for is a man of God that loves God so much that he knows how to correctly love me. So during that experience, Experience, I was never forsaken by him. As a matter of fact, even with one child passing, uh, four other boys burned, losing a home, him having to make a way for the whole household, he still made time to visit me every day. I'll never and you say, that. And you say visit you because you were in the hospital with severe burns. Yeah, yeah, I was in the hospital. I was in a coma for about maybe six weeks to two months, and then I was in the hospital longer than that. And then there mm-hmm. was the recovery at home. He had to clean mm-hmm. wounds. He had to help me sit up. He had to help me walk. It, it was a lot, a lot to be you know, You know, James mentioned something that's so true. I mean, he, he talks about, and I thank you, James, for talking about this. You were, you were doing everything right. You were teaching Bible study. You were using your home you know, as a haven for the hurting. You were going into church. You were a pastor. You were always thinking you were, do, you, know, you were doing everything right when devastation hit. And, boy, isn't that the time when the enemy can come in and say, oh, where was your God when this happened? You know, I'm right. sure you had a lot of people ask that. Yeah, James, how did you stay? I mean, I know you had this incredible background of knowledge behind you, but you still had to have heard those voices. I, I know that there are people right now who are not walking through a literal fire, but a spiritual, emotional fire uh, in their marriage, in their lives. The principles may be the same in lots of ways. How did you stay true, even with the incredible um uh, battle that the enemy was trying to level onto your mind to help people understand what you what you did to stay strong through that. Absolutely, Kim. Thank you for the question. Uh, I would first of all say that it was by the grace of God, just simply mm. by what He supplied at that time, and my dependency on Him. 
what a little bit about my background. Right before the fire happened, I actually, and, and this may be unbelievable, but I actually was teaching a Sunday school, and I was talking about the fires and the trials of life. And I actually said that uh, when something devastating happens to us, we must maintain our faith in Christ in spite of because he doesn't promise us a bed of roses here on this side, but the only thing he promises is that he will be with us through it. I actually was teaching that uh, just, mm. uh, I don't know, probably before this occurred. And so, mm. it was, so what I said now was being tested. And and for mm-hmm. me, what occurred is just incredible. I, I, I can't even, uh, I get goosebumps thinking about it because at the time that it occurred to me, my deal was what does God demand of me? I wanted to be faithful to him no matter what happened, through the fire, through the flood, through death, through life. That was my model. That was my thing. And so my thing was where uh or my shortcoming is, and how can I be more pleasing to him? Because he's given so much to me, how can I give back to him? And I tell you truthfully, uh, Kim, in that time period, God provided so much grace and his presence and his power Mm. that I was sustained supernaturally beyond myself through that situation simply because I gave it all to him. And, And my mindset was I was willing to give up anything for Christ. I was willing mm-hmm. to die for Christ. I was willing to give my all back to him. That that was the heart that I had. And so my mm-hmm. expectation was never that God would make everything wonderful, but that he would give me the opportunity to glorify him in the midst of anything, whatever it was. That's wow. how I made it. That's powerful. I just feel like I just want to let that sink in. I just want our audience just to let that sink in. That it was, I mean, God comes to our rescue in times like this, doesn't he? If we will allow him to, he comes to our rescue. And I just feel like right now there are people listening, and I, I just feel like that they're just absorbing all of that truth that you have just given to them. And you know what? I just, for some reason, James, right now, I just feel like we just need to stop. And, James, I'm going to ask you to pray for anybody that is just needing to absorb that truth right now. Would you just, just, will you just pray for those people right this minute? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Father, we're so thankful right now for this audience and for this platform where we can glorify you and Speak of your goodness in our lives, Father. We understand that it's not about us, but it is about the work yes. that you're doing in our lives mm-hmm. to glorify yourself, to yes. give yourself yes. a name, to, to give yourself mm-hmm. a, a platform to reach those who are hurting, those yes. who need healing, those who need strength, Father. And, and, Father, I pray for every believer right now who is listening to this program, even those who may not know you as yet, that are listening to this program, Father God. I ask that you would touch their hearts, yes. touch their minds, Father God. Let them know that you are with them, that you love them, and that you have provided everything that they need to sustain them, oh God, through life's trials and temptations, Father. Yes. And mm-hmm. help us to understand that it is not our program, but it is your program, Father. And even though yes. we don't know everything that will happen in our lives, we know that you have promised to be with us. Yes. You've promised to use it to your glory and to your honor. 
You promised to build us and, and to strengthen us, even though sometimes you may have to break us through life's experience, oh, God. It's so that you will build us back up to be the people that you desire us to be. And, Father, help mm. us to just surrender it all to you, yes. to give it to you in trust and in love, knowing that our Father never makes a mistake, that he uses all things to build us and to bring glory and honor to his name. Yes. And I ask for a special mm. grace, oh, God, for those who are suffering right now, those who are going through a hard time, Father, as they turn to you in total dependence, I ask, Father, that you would give them that supernatural enablement to endure mm and to prosper and to even be better and strong on the other side of what they're facing, Father. Let them recognize that these things will come to pass, Father God, but your word stands forever. And, Father, we ask it in Jesus' name, and we thank you. Amen. 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 You know, that's what we do on on this, uh, on our show, is like we just follow God's leading, and we might stop at any moment and pray or whatever, but I just don't want, I want this to be an hour of of true ministry. It's not about our agenda. It's like this, and I just felt so compelled uh, to stop and pray, and I'm going to also just open it up. Audience, if you're out there, I know that you're very anxious to hear everything that this couple will continue to say. But if you, by chance, have a quick question that you would like to ask, you can certainly call in at 347-324-5246 and press 1, and we'll try to get you on. If we're having difficulty, uh, then we will get back to you. But it's 347-324-5246. Be sure and press 1, and I will be notified that you are uh, waiting to come on to talk to our incredible guest James and Justina Page from Texas. Okay, so let's move right on. So, audience, you've got the background of the power couple that you're listening to this morning, and I will tell you what, they are a power couple when it comes to all things spiritual. But they have started a podcast called Marriage Matters. Why did you all start this? Tell, what was the desire behind this? And then we're going to go into why marriage matters. But what, why did, do you think God called you to this? So my wife is a visionary that God often speaks to, and she's been wanting to do a marriage conference with us for Mm -hmm. years. And so God laid it upon her heart. Uh, He brought her first of all into the podcast world very recently. So she's done a couple of podcasts of her own, and then the Lord led her to ask if we could do a podcast about marriage that would lead up to a marriage conference. And so she wanted to do it for about 12 months, and that's that's the vision she had. And we came up with the name Marriage Matters because we believe marriage is one of the most important institutions God ever created. That's right, Kim. You know, it's a a double meaning for that name. We want to talk about marriage matters, matters in the relationship, but we also want to reemphasize that marriage truly does matter. You know, it's a lot of people nowadays that feel like they don't have, they don't need a paper, as they said. But marriage is right. so much more than a paper. We right. are an example of Christ and the church, and we've yeah. lost that as time went on. But we are yeah. marriages can actually be a picture of salvation in someone's mm. eyes. We represent Christ and the church. So mm. marriage matters. Mm. It really does, and especially now with everything that's going on in our world. 
Well, absolutely. And, 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 you know, in our world, we're starting to throw it away as if it means nothing. And, uh, you know, because of everything that's going on, and, and you, you listen to the sitcoms today, and there's always this laughter built in when the father speaks or when the father comes in. Our marriages are under attack. And I, I, mm. I took the liberty to go in and look at some statistics. Do you know over, over and almost up to 60% of all marriages are now failing? And they're failing okay. within, what they're saying is they're failing within the first eight years. And I was thinking, no, wait a minute. I've always, as, as a counselor, I've always been taught it's seven years. And so I, that caught my attention and I started reading it. Well, it is in the first seven. Most time it's around the seventh year. And they're saying eight because it takes about eight a, a another year to dissolve the divorce so that's where that eight wow. years the fighting and the fussing it's like oh my gosh but uh and then 60 um 60 to 70 uh of the second marriages fail and then 70 to 80 of the you know of your third marriage fail so i mean the statistics in other words we're not learning from our mistakes we're just we're just going in and going if it doesn't work it doesn't work and I feel like that is so devastatingly sad. So why are, you know, what are you doing that you think will um, will make a difference? Well, Kim, first of all, I, I want to speak to your earlier point. I think as marriage is being undermined, I yes. think unknowingly society is destroying the foundation for the culture and for society altogether because God made marriage as the foundation of family, and families is the foundation of society and culture. When you undermine the principles of marriage, and as my wife pointed out, marriage represents God's love for the church or Christ's love for the church or God's faithfulness to his people, and he wants that to be replicated in family and in culture for the health of our communities. And when we destroy the foundation of marriage, what we're doing, this is has an avalanche type of effect on our families and all the problems that we're having in family, and then all the problems, when that's dissolved, then our culture is falling apart with all sorts of problems and issues. And yeah. so I think as, as a married couple, particularly as a Christian married couple, we have to remember that the marriage is mostly to honor the Lord. Uh, it's more mm-hmm. than just about us. Thank God for what we enjoy and what we get in the marriage. Thank God for the love, the intimacy, the fellowship, the strength. Thank God for Christ, what he pours in. But ultimately, the marriage is to glorify God because we are to show a world that God is love and that God is fidelity, that God is faithfulness, that God is mm-hmm. true. And when we show that, in a marriage, then we become a beacon of hope for all of those with failing marriages, failing relationships, family issues, and cultural issues. We show as a beacon and as a light of hope the God that we serve, drawing them back to him and his love for healing. And mm-hmm. I think that is very important. And you know what? Uh, wow. So within yeah. the marriage podcast, we go back to the principles. The basics. Everything always comes back to the basics when things are uh, dissolving or messing. You know, I grew up an athlete, and when my game is off, I don't care whether it's volleyball, basketball, track, whatever it is, the coach is going to take me back to the basics, and we're going to reaffirm, reassure that 
my shot is on, my my mm-hmm. my gate is correct, my volley mm-hmm. is right. So in the podcast, it's it's not we're not trying to be super spiritual. <laughs> we're not trying to right. delve into the deep secrets. We're talking about basics here and truth right. and confronting lies that the enemy has brought forth as truth, even in mm-hmm. our Christian community. And that's what I want to talk about. That, Justina, what we're going to do is we're going to take a 30-second break, and when we get back, uh, you know, this this thir- first 30 minutes, I mean, just the, the ministry that's happened, the, the foundation that's been set, just knowing who you two are, that the audience has been able to soak that in. Oh, gosh, I feel like the hearts have been ho- open through prayer and I think now we are ready to go in, and I want to hear some of these, we want to hear some of these timeless principles that have gotten you all through some of the hardest times. And just like you said, I love what you said, Justina, is that, um, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't have to be something super spiritual. It does it is the basics. I, and my boys always play baseball in school, and when, they're, when their swing would, would uh, be off, they'd take them back to the basics, those little t-ball stands where you would go back and practice what you learned at the very beginning. Right. So I think when James took us back to Genesis and what you are talking about is I think we're all ready now. So uh, friends uh, who are listening, I want you to grab your pens and pieces of paper because we're going to take a 30-second break, and then we're going to be back with James and Justina, and we're going to hear some of the basic principles that we can get back to uh, that have been skewed by this world. So in 30 seconds, we'll be back with Justina and Justin um, uh, and James Page. Okay? Be right back. <laughs> Hey, everyone, let's all stop what we're doing and take a moment. You see, every moment can be kind of special. But they can be loud moments, goofy moments, dorky moments. It doesn't matter because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous. So let's take a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. It is the place where I bring to you the ones that I admire and love so much with ways that we can take the scripture and make it practical so that we can truly begin to live and walk it out as God would have us to do. We would love for you to visit our webpage at www.rosesandrainbows.org. That is uh, Roses and Rainbows is a story of my mom. It's a really incredible story of how God worked in our lives to create the ministry that you see that um, that God allowed me to create. Also, if that's too hard to remember, you can do just do uh, kimcrable.org. Go to our webpage. We're continuously doing Bible studies and different things to bring us together to talk about God and how we can live out his word and ultimately glorify him. We are in the process of doing our Friends of Faith tour across America. We're going to be in Colorado in the month of July, so if you're listening to this before that, we would love to have you join us. And look on the webpage to see where we are. Well, let's get back, though, for today. Let's get back to our incredible guests. Can you believe? I know you've already fallen in love with them the way I have, James and Justina Page. But if you could see them, 
if you could just see them, what I will just tell you, you would see, I can picture it now, there is a glow that radiates from these people. I'm just telling you, I was speaking uh, in Texas last uh, last year at the uh uh, content 2022, and I I met Justine, of course, and well, maybe not in person, but but she, we'd seen each other um, on Zooms and things. But I'd never seen James, and I had to keep telling myself, quit looking at the glow, because he was glowing. His smile would just encourage you, and it would just you just wanted to dive in and just learn more about his face. And so these people. What they're saying to you is the real deal. They, the Bible says the wisdom of the Lord will cause our faces to glow. And they are wise beyond measure and they glow with God's glory. So we are so honored to, to have you, James and Justina Page, with us. Thank you so much for spending a full hour with us today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're excited. All right. Uh, well, you have so much to say. Let's get back. Let's talk about these marriages that uh, before they get married, while they're in marriage, struggling in marriage, if they have a good marriage and they just want to make it better, what are some timeless principles that you all would share with us, some of the things that you share on your podcast, Marriage Matters? I think the first thing that I would say that God made marriage for a purpose and for himself. And I think mm-hmm. one of the big things for us to recognize is that marriage is not just about us. It actually takes three in a marriage rather than just two. Um, so marriage is something that God is using to glorify himself. And I believe every believer that goes into marriage should remember that. Uh, it's a very simple thing, but it's a very important thing because Today we are taught that marriage is about satisfying us. That is, Mm -hmm. I want to be happy or I want to be satisfied from what the marriage provides. But, in fact, the marriage is a tool that God is using to speak to the world about himself, about his love for his people, about his love for his church. And so the love that we exhibit to one another must be Mm -hmm. under the umbrella of God's love for the church. And I think as if we will remember that as believers, then we receive just as much from the Lord as a married couple so that it can help us to show this example as, as we give to each other. The Lord is giving us the ability or the enablement to love one another so that we can glorify him and show the world who he's like. I think that's a very important principle. Wow. Is it ever? And I will tell you what, that will bring you back from being the selfishness that, that um, I know I can exhibit in my marriage and I see in other marriages. That will, that will bring you back to a, a place of humility, won't it? It will. It really will. And dependency, total dependency upon him. Uh, whenever I recognize that I'm not loving my wife as I should, I go back to God. Because, Lord, I need you to help me to love her the way you love the church. I, I want to love her the way you love her. And, and I tell you, Kim, I'm always drawing from him the strength and the enablement that I need to do that. And, and my wife, mm-hmm. of course, she does the same thing on her end as far as respecting or reverencing the husband. She has to get help from the Lord all of the time. And so I think that dependency that we live with helps us to glorify Christ in our marriage. 
Justina, what is the one thing that you feel you need most from, uh, what, what do women need most from their husbands in this, in, to make the marriage matter, make it work? Security. Yeah. And that involves a, a three-legged stool, safety, mm-hmm. peace, mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. Safety, mm-hmm. peace, and love is that three-legged stool that provides security. Most wives want to be secure. They want to know when yeah. they go out and come back that the same man is there, the same faithfulness is there, the same love is there, the eye hasn't wondered, that type of thing. Right. We want to feel secure, kind of like we are with Jesus. We're secure yeah. in him. It, it, it's amazing the the reality, and I know I keep saying it over and over again, but the marriage is a replica of Christ's love for the church. Well, what do we need most from Christ? Right. We want to know that he's not going to change, that he's He's going to love us the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. He'll always be there. Same thing we want from our husbands. That's really mm-hmm. how I feel about it personally. And uh, thank God I have it. So I'll just mm-hmm. boast in what God has done for me. Um, nothing mm-hmm. of ourselves, but God has provided that. And it, it builds you in a way that it makes you a strong woman or a stronger mm-hmm. wife. And I will just tell you, Justina, you must feel like a princess when you think that you have a man who prayed. Now, how many people, I mean, I mean, prayed you into his life. That, I mean, that is a powerful yeah, That's a powerful thought. Thought, It really, really is. And I tell you what, I, I didn't even feel worthy, Kim. Can I just be transparent? I, I, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I, because of the type of man this was, and I know him, I, you, here's something funny. I prayed years, I spent years praying for his wife as his friend. Because oh. I felt like God needed to bring him something special, because this is some oh. type of man. And he did. I'm dead serious. Because, I mean, oh. you know, like this was my friend. And I was like, God, Aww. please bring him a woman that's worthy of him, that's, you know. And then when I felt that little twinge, I didn't know it was love. I knew mm. it felt inappropriate because now uh-huh. I was to make sure he was dressed because he couldn't dress him at all. His clothes was <laughs> running everywhere. I, I wanted to pick out his outfits and fix his food. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's too much. Or a friend. Aww. I've been in the sin now. That's how I did it, not knowing anything Aww. about relationships or she whatever. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know, and I just felt it was just wrong right. for me to like this eunuch, this God man. You know, it was crazy. Uh, but anyway, yes, it wow. is. It is an awesome thing. Yes, it is. And, and he's not and, the only and, one. I want to yeah. quickly add that. He's not the only one. It's hopefully. There you go. And James, when you think about, I mean, Justine was talking about what what women need, uh, you know, from men to make this marriage matter, make it work. What do you think that men need most from women? I think biblically. Uh, yeah, biblically, I think uh, respect is probably yeah. the best word to use. A, mm-hmm. a man, in order to uh, be the man that God wants him to be. 
he wants his wife to respect him. Uh, I guess the scripture uses the term reverence, that each mm-hmm. uh, wife should reverence her husband. There's something about a man that God has built him to provide and to do for his wife, that something about that is built up and motivated when she is looking up to him in some sort of respectful, admiring type of way. So I think every man wants to be admired by his wife, wants to be respected Mm -hmm. by his wife, and wants her to feel like he is the one that can provide these things for her, the protection, the provision, um, and and the love. And so uh, it makes a man feel good, I think. It it kind of Mm -hmm. builds up the proper side of the male ego. Now, we're familiar with the wrong side of the male ego, but there's a healthy side of the male ego that God gave him to motivate him to provide for his family and his wife, to to provide the protection and the provision and and, and the leadership. So, So God wants that from the man, but the woman has a lot to do to build that and feed that into the man. You know, the Scripture says, that a wise woman builds her house and a foolish one pulls it down with her own hand. She has a lot of power in building that man's godly ego so that he mm-hmm. can do the things that God would have him to do. God was very mm-hmm. wise when he said with Adam that it's not good for man to be alone. Man needed a helper. He needed someone to build to him, him and to support him. That's right. And, and, and to help him dress. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. especially in my case, right? <laughs> so cute. Hey, so let me ask you this. Um, let's let's just say someone's listening and they're in in a, a marriage, and one, either the husband or the wife, are really really trying, but the other one has just lost interest, and they're just, I mean, they're they're getting nothing. They're just help help them what do they do in that in that incident right so this is where we have to go to the lord because we are unable to change another person i think uh many times we try very hard to change the other person but i think that's the wrong approach so the the right approach yes. is to go to the lord ask him to do a work in their heart and then ask the Lord to work with me. Uh, I, I know that's what I do. I ask the Lord to work with me, make me more of the man, because I believe real men draw strong women. And, and, and I mm. believe women who are godly women will actually change the heart of a man. But, but that's only with the work of God working in their lives and God working in the other person's heart. And so I, I think that, for a person who is in that situation, it's sort of like we read for the lady and, and, and Peter, where without a word she won her husband through her chaste yeah. conversation with the Lord. And so uh, her seeking to be the woman that God called her to be and trusting God, then God begins to do a work in her husband's heart. And it's the same for the man, but I think I would like to uh, remind us that marriage is an investment. It is investment. Mm. It takes time. You have to spend mm. some time being the person you're supposed to be and loving the other person unconditionally. It takes time. And, and, and I hate to say this for some people, but in our world it also takes some suffering and some pain. It's not going to be painless. And so what you do is you give it to the Lord and you trust the Lord mm. to do your part and allow God to do his part and I find that uh, God works uh, miracles in our lives. Now, there is a possibility, of course, 
that it may not work, but don't let that be because you contributed to that. You must give it all to the Lord. And then even if that's not to be the situation where that works, then he'll work that out as well. That's right, because I do know, sadly, I, I have friends who really gave it their all. Uh, but it takes two, right? And it takes that other person. And sometimes the world can affect uh, either the man or the woman in such a way where it, you know, it looks always, you know, the old saying, it looks greener on the other side. It looks like, you know, yeah. and, and we we see that more and more. And I've, I have friends right now who are devastated with such broken hearts because they were in the church. They were doing things right. But I will tell you what, you have to stay committed. And I think that, I think that going, always going back to what you all said is number one, that marriage is, should be based on glorifying God. That's really what brings you through all this stuff, isn't it? When you get your mind on that. I mean, that's a solid principle. Okay, there is a, um, a scripture that I would like for you all to uh, dive into a little bit. Ephesians 5, 30 through 33, um, you listed that as a, one of your principles, and, boy, we really need to talk about this. Uh, who would like to dive into what that scripture is and what that means? Okay. Ephesians yeah. 5, 30. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, since we are members of his body, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum it up, each of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. I think that's powerful because it's bringing mm. everything that we've been talking about together. Yes. <laughs> you yes. had asked us that individual question, wife, yes. respecting. He said respect. That's what a, a a man is looking for, wife. He wants to love. That's what we thrive on, <laughs> and it's all about Christ. So, um, me personally, when when you're married, it's, it's y'all. It, it, it two have become one. You're yeah. a unit now. You you walk as one. You thrive as one. You're different individuals, but you're one in spirit. So I think it's so mm-hmm. important to. Um, not think of yourself. I, you know, I'll just share this uh, uh, again. And as we go forward, I was brought up very differently. My mother taught me principles that were just crazy. I can't even share some of them. But one of them was to never depend on a man, which right. is totally opposite of what God would require yeah. me to do. So sometimes you have to relearn things. I know yeah. I did. I had to relearn a lot of things that I was taught mm-hmm. wrong, and to walk in as one instead of as an individual, you know, making my own way. He told me never to depend on a man for nothing, have my own, and I can't even say the word, you know, just yeah. all this kind of yeah. stuff. But mm-hmm. I had to I had to come into this, what the scripture talks about, about becoming one flesh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, Kim, mm-hmm. I think one thing that as Christians we have to remember is just simply obey the Scripture, right? I mean, yeah. uh, God is wiser than we are. I mean, he knows, the designer knows how the product is supposed to function, right? So so yeah. he designed us, he designed the sexes, he designed marriage. He has a plan, and sometimes in the middle of our pain or walking, we can't see 
the whole scope, but God can. So I think uh, we fall back on just obedience there, and I know that may be an old-fashioned word for some, but just fall back on obedience and just simply obey what God says. And I think over time you will find that it works out. Kim, if I you can know speak what? for a moment to what you said previously. Would you please, I think, yeah. I think that it's so important that our identity as a person be in Christ Jesus and not in each other. Uh, yeah. Because because if your identity is in the other person, then when the other person fails, it is more devastating than it should be. I mean, it it yeah. breaks uh, who you are. I don't think any woman should put her whole identity in any man, and neither should mm. any man put his entire identity in any woman. We have to remember that we put it in Christ, and then when mm. we put it in Christ, then how we relate to one another is principally to glorify Christ. I say that because there are many broken relationships, as you pointed out, where one person decides to go the other way. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I think we should rest solely in Christ and trust him for that outcome, even when the other person walks away. And I think that will minimize the devastation. Not, not to say that the devastation won't be great but at least he will be able to sustain us in the midst of that and rebuild us. I think it's important forward-looking that we have our identity in Christ. My wife, Mm -hmm. when we first got married, uh, she had a lot of insecurities that she had to learn how to give to Christ because I, as a man, wasn't able to meet all of those needs that she had. I'm I'm only a human being. And I think we have to learn that as, as people that, yes, we love each other, uh, with everything God has given us, but the first priority should be the Christ. Yes, I love that. And you know, in counseling, we will use that pyramid where two are sitting at the, you know, at the bot at the base, and the more they keep their eyes on Jesus and grow toward Jesus, both of them, then the space between them becomes less and less as they're becoming Absolutely. holy as He is holy. And I, I keep that in mind. I have a question for you. We're down to about ten minutes. I have a question. How many people does it take? to make a godly marriage work? Amen. Thank you for that question. I say it takes three. (laughs) (laughs) It takes three. Without the Lord, I don't see how we could have made it work. We would have failed a long time ago. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So if someone's, you know, so it's important that they not just go to church and not, but they literally believe, become uh, acquainted, accept Christ into their heart and into their marriage. Oh, absolutely. It's a, it's a living relationship. Uh, I remember reading in a book years ago about practicing the presence of Jesus. Uh, it, it, it's more than just reading it in a book or, or, or hearing about it on Sunday. This is something that we live, live and breathe daily. And, and, and I don't see how the Christian life can work other than that principle, let alone a marriage, or and, and then it extends to the family, and then it goes beyond that to the community, right? So we, so, so mm-hmm. it definitely takes Christ to make marriage work. And can I add something mm-hmm. just real quickly? We get you married. May. We get <laughs> the honeymoon feel and the butterflies and all of that, and our initial desire is to please that spouse. But mm-hmm. I feel like if we keep pleasing Jesus at the forefront, we're going to be yes. able to keep pleasing that spouse. It's just an automatic thing. There's no way that when we're pleasing Jesus, we won't be pleasing that spouse, um, mm-hmm. at least the way that he should be pleased. So 
I think that's important as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, as we start to conclude, an audience, I know that you want to hear more, and so they're going to tell you how to reach out to them and how to find their books and all the information. So we are going to do that. So, guys, don't let me forget that because I tend to forget that because I have something else I want to ask each of you that I didn't prepare you for. And, you know, I was going to ask each of you to tell me what you love about the other, but I think that you've covered that. So I've adjusted my question a bit, and I'm so happy with my question. So I want each of you to tell us what about the other person makes you giggle out loud. What is it that just they just do that just makes you giggle out loud, makes you so happy? So, Justina, Justina, we'll start with you. What does James do that just makes you giggle? I tell you what, it's got to be the look. <laughs> for me. My husband oh. cannot, you know those kind of people who cannot hide how they feel with their face? Uh-huh. He just not. First of all, he's very blunt and straightforward anyway, but his looks uh-huh. are more blunt and more straightforward <laughs> no matter what it is. So uh, it's got to be the looks for me. Uh, you said oh. that and I almost laughed out loud thinking about the last look that I got or that I, he gave somebody. So that, that and he tickles me with that. Those looks, they tell it all. <laughs> I love it. And, and well, that makes me feel good because the look that I got from him when I was speaking was, I'll never forget it. He just like, it was just like he, he just, you know, it was delightful. It just, it just made me feel so good. So James, tell us, what is it about your sweet Justina that makes you giggle out loud? When you're not away from her and you think of this, it just makes you just giggle. <laughs> I'll tell you what makes me laugh, and I love it about her, is that she is spontaneous and unconventional. <laughs> you oh. just don't know what she's going to do, what she's going to come up with, what she's going to say, and, and it probably is not going to be uh, politically correct, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It, 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 and she's just authentic like that, and she uh, she, she's gonna she's gonna make a move one way or the other, and uh, and you'll figure you'll figure it out after the afterwards what's going on. So I love that about um, I you know what I love you know what about what you both said was you know it was authentic to that person. It wasn't you know it was just so authentic to, to that person. No one can duplicate. Uh, what you said about one another, and that's amazing. And that's that's part of marriage, isn't it? Is really learning to love yes. the uniqueness yes. that you find in one another. Don't you think that's so important? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Because right. I love what James. Because I, I love what James said. You know, most marriages are spent trying to change the other person. I love yes. what James said, and it's so true. I say it all the time: is that we do not have the power to change another person. It's all about us, right? Well, let's say we have about three or four minutes. I would love for each of you to give um, your last thoughts to someone about why marriage matters and why they uh, must pursue. If they're thinking about giving up, give them a reason to keep on keeping on. Okay. Well, marriage matters because God matters. (laughs) Marriage matters because Jesus died and gave an example for us. Marriage matters because it points people to Christ. It's Mm -hmm. a forgotten art, but it's true. 
many people literally have seen our marriage and have been pointed to Christ. So. Oh yes. Oh yes. At, without a doubt, James. Absolutely, and I believe based upon God's design, a marriage is primarily about God and what it says about Him. But as a part of His design of us and and our world. I think marriage is an integral part of a healthy society. Without a proper perspective on marriage, we can't have these safe environments that we call family to rear uh, uh, duplicates of the divine nature, our children, who come up to also have other marriages and other families and build community. So a healthy marriage of before and under God is is the Mm -hmm. keystone, I think, to a healthy and vibrant society. Wow. How powerful. Guys, I just can't even thank you enough for spending this time with me. You know how much I love you, and I know other people now love you. How can they reach you? How can they get your books? Uh, How can they invite you to their church? How do they reach you? Okay. Well, I'm very reachable. Justina at justinapage.com. You could even call me, 832-816-5728. You can visit my page, justinapage.com. You can pick up the books at thecircleoffire.org. Um, you can visit the nonprofit, the Amos House. Those are several ways to reach me. And, him. and you know what? Yeah, that's why you can't reach one without the other, right? And we... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, did, we failed to get into the books and the Amos house. So you know what that means? That means you must come back so we can uh, talk longer about all these incredible things that you all are doing. That would be awesome, Kim. Yeah. Thank you so well, much. It's, oh, it's, been, it's just like I knew it would be. It's been just a delight having you on the show, and we just thank you so much. And uh, truly, truly love you all and just love love seeing the Lord work in you all and just how he glows through you. So thank you so much for being with us. And audience, I just want to remind you, you know, some of these truths that um, that we heard, you know, marriage isn't, it isn't easy. It's, you're going to go through hard times. You're going to walk through situations that you never thought that you were going to walk through. Statistically, those are the times when you walk away from one another. But you know what? In the case of, of of this incredible couple, we saw where they walked more toward Christ, and that kept them together. There's so much more to all of this and their stories that I hope that you will uh, pick up the book, The Circle of Fire, and read or go to the webpage. I mean, this is a couple who have been tested, and they have come out more like Christ. And that, I know, is the desire of all of our hearts, individually and in marriage. So maybe you're single today. You can still reach out. You can learn so much from this couple and even about how to pray and that that partner into your life. So please, wherever you are, just know that God is with you. He wants to be glorified through you and through our what uh, what I thought was so cute when James said, might be an old-fashioned word, our obedience, and it, and it is the sun, but boy, it's an on-target word for our society today. Through our obedience, through Christ, he showers us with his love and his grace, and others will see him at work in, within us and want to know more. 
about him and that's what it's truly all about so Paige family thank you so much for joining us we love you so much let's do it again sometime we love you be blessed be blessed I love you right back and audience thank you for joining us for coffee I know that it's been a conversation that's encouraged and definitely equipped you in the matter of marriage you stay tuned and we'll see you back right here next time on coffee goodbye everybody To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.